Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, my love. I'm so excited to be here with you, Kate, and just so happy that we get to have this conversation. I want to like this to me feels more like a friend chat because you and I have been living very, I would say parallel lives in a lot of ways, the way that we look at life, the way that we look at relationships. And I've learned so much from you on your podcast and on your relationship journey. And I'm just excited for us to get to share about our lives, which I do share a little bit about on the podcast, but I feel like this conversation is really going to invite both of our communities in deeper into the way that we think, the way that we live, the way that we love and the way that we do relationships. So here we are. <laughs> I love that. It's like a peek behind the door, a peek behind the veil and uh, parallel lives. As soon as you said that, I was like, we, even when we met in whatever year that was 20, I think it was the beginning of 2020. Yep. Um, which it feels like way longer than that. But when we met, we both launched the po our podcast at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we we both moved shortly after, and like so, just so many, so many synchronicities and parallels. Yeah. So we're gonna be really unpacking all of that today, and as we're recording this, I'm living in Asheville, North Carolina. Kate is living in Greece. I used to live in San Diego. Kate used to live in Canada. And I feel like one of the things that really is a common thread for you and I is that we are both so devoted to following our hearts and living in our truth. And that really has led to where we are today, not just in the physical location, like moving to a different place, but like really deeply trusting in our soul's path, trusting in our intuition, being willing to take the courageous action to create a life that we love. And now we get to share this magic with all of our listeners. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes I know back when I wasn't living in alignment with my truth, I used to hear other people telling their stories and think, oh, that could never be me. But when I was in my twenties and I was going against myself over and over and over again, I had chronic anxiety. I was so insecure. I was so anxious all the time. And it was simply just a symptom of not living in alignment with my soul and my truth. And the same is true for all the women I work with, all of my clients, whether they have anxiety or they feel depressed when they meet me or they feel, you know, just mundane or disconnected in some way that goes away when they start getting really honest with themselves and following their hearts, 
listening to those internal nudges, following the guidance of where life is leading them. And so I'm just such an advocate for truth in every way. I think that when we live from our hearts, when we follow our truth, when we have the courage to go wherever our heart wants to go, even if it's so far against the grain or away from what the collective is doing, it is the thing that will lead you where you're meant to be and that will lead you to a life that feels nourishing. And it doesn't mean life isn't still going to have challenges and hard times. And that's inevitable. Life will always rock us in so many ways and unexpected things will happen. And yet I feel so much more equipped to be able to handle whatever life brings now, because I'm so anchored in myself and in where I am and in the life that I've created to support me with whatever life brings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I met you, I was coming off antidepressants. I had been struggling with depression for over 10, 12 years for most of my adult life. And similarly at that time I had already gone through my divorce, but I was living a life before that where I was not honoring my truth and where I was basically conforming to what society prescribes as a successful life. I was in kind of autopilot mode. I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't really know what mattered to me. I didn't really know what made me happy because I never asked myself those questions. No one ever asked me those questions. And I didn't really have a spiritual connection or a connection to my soul and my ego was running the show. And when our ego is running the show, that's when the fear-based programming of anxiety and depression and self-doubt and negative, like negative relationship with your body and, you know, giving your power away in relationships, like all of these things happen when we're not deeply connected to our truth. And so similarly, you struggled with anxiety. I struggle with depression and anxiety. And I know that so many women feel that way where they're like, I know that something is off. I know that something's missing. I know that I'm not being like my fullest self. I'm not living in the way that I'm supposed to, but I'm scared. I'm scared of what will happen if I make these decisions. I'm scared if I let go of this relationship. I'm scared if I really follow my passions. I'm scared to move to a different place. I'm scared of disappointing other people. I'm scared of what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? And so I feel like you and I, we've each been on our own journeys and our own path to do the inner work, to develop that self-trust and the trust in the universe and to really connect deeply with our truth. But I want this to be a like permission slip and a living example of what is possible when you do live in your truth, when you do follow your truth. Yes. In Greek, um, I live in Athens, Greece. I have been coming to Greece for a very long time. I lead retreats here for women one to two times a year. And it's a very special place in my heart. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite Greek words is Alethea. And I was in a Pilates class one day. And this woman was like, da, 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 da. and I, I only know like every five to eight, eighth word. Like I know a lot of Greek words now because I've been here for over a year, but I can't speak it yet. And this woman was like da, 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 in Greek. And she said, Alethea, and like so powerfully. And I kept hearing this word, Alethea. And I was like, what does that word mean? I love it. And she said, the truth. And I was like, oh, that's my podcast, the new truth, <laughs> the new Alicia. And it was so funny that it like resonated, the word resonated so deeply because that is where my devotion it lives. I'm so devoted to 
following that. And I actually personally believe that anxiety, most of the time, anxiety is our bodies just communicating that we're listening to our minds and not our bodies, because it's like an out of tune guitar. Like one is one is saying go left and the other one's saying go right. And if we listen to the mind and not the conditioned mind of where we're told to go versus what our heart actually wants, it creates that discord within but when you learn to actually listen to the truth, the fear is going to be there. But the fear, like when you let fear make your choices, you it leads you to staying in anxiety, to staying in disconnection from yourself and from the life that you desire. But when you listen to that nudge and that heart feeling inside, sometimes it's a gut feeling. Sometimes it's, you know, just a really strong, it's your body that's when the anxiety goes away because you're actually following you and the fearful thoughts might follow you still but over time that part gets quieter because you're you're you just become used to taking risks and doing things that are unexpected and just trusting that everything's going to work out because it always does so no matter what like it works out even when you think it's not working out in retrospect it works out so you get to learn and create and collect more and more evidence that things are working out when you follow your truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for women who feel like, I don't know what my truth is, I want to let you know that you probably do know what your truth is, but it might just feel really scary to listen to it yeah. and to really follow it. And so when you create space to be with your soul, to get quiet, to listen to your body, to be with yourself and to really tune into what is my truth, because your soul is always guiding you. Your soul knows the way your soul is guiding you to expansion, to peace, to alignment. It's guiding you to deep, intimate love. It's guiding you to abundance. It's guiding you to fulfillment. Like your soul chose to come here in this lifetime for these reasons. And it's the ego that tries to keep us staying in our comfort zone, staying small. And that's something that I really believe that we learn in time, like really figuring out what's, what's my truth and what's my ego, like what's fear and what's my truth. And I'm curious for you, Kate, how do you feel like you've been able to kind of identify when it, when it's more your fear speaking versus when it's your truth? Yeah, it's a great question and such a common one. And I think that one of the things I'm a real advocate for with women is nervous system work because until I had a really regulated nervous system, um, a lot of our traumas and our, our I don't, I'm sure you talk about it on the podcast. Um, we certainly do. But when, a, when your nervous system's dysregulated, there is, it, it, the messages usually are still there though. You know, if something like how many, I, I just imagine for those of you listening, every time that you've, something was a no in your body, but your mind was like, oh, just go on that date or do go to that party or do the thing. And your mind convinces you, the mind comes up with really convincing arguments, could make a great lawyer. I call this your saboteur. And your saboteur could make a great lawyer, come up with an amazing case to convince you to go against every truth that you have. And yet your body was screaming, no. Like I have so many stories from my early 20s when I was like completely disconnected for myself and my nervous system was dysregulated. I still felt it, but I feel like the more regulated your nervous system is, this was definitely true for me and a lot of my clients, 
the more, the easier it is to follow it because you're more grounded. Like when your nervous system is dysregulated, it, it can be harder to trust ourselves. And I think that's part of the practice of, of learning how to trust. And as women, we've been taught to trust everything outside of ourselves, like trust other people. Like you just need a relationship to be safe. You need a, a, a man to provide for you and then you'll feel safe. You need this to feel safe, but like safety comes from us following our truth. And that's how we build internal trust is by following our truth over and over and over again. So first I would say, get some somatic experiencing done. Like if you have a, if there's a practitioner in your area, there's definitely lots of amazing people who do it online. Um, Irene Lyon is a really great resource. Um, Lyon's but with a Y. My friend, Nicole Laus, L-O-H-S-E, their websites have really great resources on them. Um, And somatic experiencing the book, what is it? Uh, Waking the Tiger. Have you read Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine? He's, okay, by Peter Levine. He's, the, fa- yeah. he's yeah. the founder of somatic experiencing. It's really great to just even understand the nervous system because it ta- it plays such a part. So when your nervous system is regulated, it's just easier to follow your truth. But for me, it's always my body. So what I've noticed over the years is it's a feeling and there's no story attached to it. So when it's a truth, it's just like, go to this place, do this thing. And it's also comes with life guidings, guiding you. So one of the things that's really helped me is learning how to trust when things don't work out to trust that because it's guiding you somewhere else. The reason I'm living in Greece is because I was supposed to go to Costa Rica for the winter and then back to Vancouver where I'm from. And I was about to take my flight and I get to the airport at six in the morning. It was Halloween 2021. And the woman was like, I'm sorry, where are you trying to go? You can't go to America right now unless you have a green card or um, or a US passport because it was a re- Greece was a red zone in COVID. And so you couldn't go directly from Greece to America. And I was supposed to meet my parents for a week in California and then go to Costa Rica from there. And I cried as soon as she told me, I was like, what do you mean? I have to go. And I was bawling and I was in Athens at the time. I just led two retreats in Corfu in Greece and I was bawling. And then I sat down and I, I just heard the voice that was like, this is divine. And I just, it's just a feeling that I always have now. I didn't before. But I've learned every time a relationship that I think is supposed to work out doesn't, it's because there's something greater coming every time, every time. So trusting life and whatever life brings and whatever direction it leads me and not arguing with reality has been such a big, important part in learning how to trust life. So that moment I went to my friend's house, he, uh, I was looking at flights to Costa Rica. My friend was like, Kate, you love Greece. You want to live in Europe. Why don't you just move to Athens? And I was like, looked at him and something lit up in my body. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to look at return flights because I still wanted to go to Costa Rica for the cold season. And so I, I looked up flights and booked a return flight. Three months later, I was back in Athens. I moved here and I didn't even know they had a digital nomad visa because it came out that same month I made the decision. So life was supporting me and leading me here all along. But I didn't like, had I tried to control it or made the decision based in fear or been like, oh, I could never do that. Or how would I do that? If I went into my head about it, I wouldn't be here because mm-hmm. the digital nomad visa at that time didn't exist. So I wouldn't have been, I, w- I would have been like, well, how do I move to Greece? I, I don't know. You know, so it, that's been such a big part is being able to follow when my body lights up when something like for me, when it's a yes, I feel like an opening in my heart. And when it's a no, it's more like a punch in my stomach. Like it's, it's a strong solar plexus feeling for the most part, but my body is always communicating to me. And the mind is what confuses me. 
And so, and that's usually the case for most of us. It's like, cause when we we're so used to, and we're really taught to listen to the conditioned mind, to listen to logic, make a practical, logical, responsible decision. But most of the time that means abandoning our truth for somebody else's logical, practical decision based on some rules that we've been fed about what life's supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, who we're supposed to be by what age, all of like all of the noise of who we've been taught to be lives in our mind. So if that's the part that's making my decisions, most likely I'm going against the truth in my soul and in my heart. Mm. Yeah. I find that the mind is, is always that like, what if this happens, how is this going to happen? It's the, the trying to figure it out so much versus like the intuition and truth is a feeling. It's a sensation. And what I love about the embodiment work that I do with my clients is so many people have like are disconnected from their body for so many reasons. They're living in their head all the time. And so the more that we can come back into the body through breath work, through feminine embodiment work, through nonlinear movement, through somatic healing, the more that we can actually like feel those sensations and they get a lot clearer and a lot easier to listen to. And yeah, this is this is such a, a powerful piece of being able to differentiate, okay, what is my actual truth and what is my conditioning, right? What is my fear-based mind? And and I think, you know, today we really wanted to to dive into this piece around creating aligned relationships and of listening to your truth in relationships, which can be so easy. I think for women, I think that especially because of our conditioning around marriage and around, you know, someone's going to save you and around all these things that we learn from our culture. And then also from media and from movies. And I know you guys talk about this on your podcast so much, but it's like all of these narrative narratives that we learn about love and around relationships And then we stop listening to our truth and we give our power away. And then we're like, wait, why am I so unhappy in this relationship? Why am I settling in this relationship? Why doesn't this relationship feel how I deep down know that I want to feel in a relationship? And I think that, you know, the relationship that you're exploring right now and the relationship that I'm exploring right now is a very, very, very different template because we've followed our truth and because we're listening to our hearts and our bodies that we're having a much different relationship experience than at least I can speak for myself, how I previously used to date and relate to men was very, very different to what I'm experiencing now. And so, yeah, I feel like, you know, listening to your truth serves you in your own like happiness and your own pleasure and your own joy, but it also serves you in like how you relate intimately to others as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because when you think about it, like it goes hand in hand. I think a huge part of following your truth is taking responsibility for how you feel and taking responsibility for what you're experiencing. And the fantasy fairy tale love story is the opposite of that. It's like, I will feel good when I get married, when I meet the one, when that person comes along. When I'm chosen when I'm by chosen. someone else. 
Exactly, which is so disempowering and that is so unsustainable. You'll never feel how you feel in the beginning. And usually the beginning is a bunch of endorphins and chemicals and fantasy projecting the future onto this person as opposed to actually really being with the experience. And that's what you and I are both experiencing differently right now to most women. Most women, they feel good in a connection. Sometimes they don't even feel good, but like the idea of this person on paper looks good. And so they get excited about that. And the, the saboteur mind runs with it and is like, oh, this, maybe this is the person, maybe I'm going to get chosen. Maybe this is the one, maybe whatever the narrative is. And they, they run with the future. So they're actually not experiencing right now. And I think that's the difference because both you and I are so embodied and we've spent many years devoted to our practices of being in our bodies, of regulating our systems, of connecting with our hearts and then living from that place. We're experiencing relationships. I'll speak for myself and I, I, I can't wait to hear you share more about yours. Um, the love and that I'm experiencing right now is like one of the most exquisitely beautiful things I've ever experienced. And it's really cool because we started the new truth podcast in 2020 and I was in a seven-year relationship at the time, I guess it was a five-year relationship with Jeff, as you know, and Jeff is like still family to me, but our relationship was, I mean, we came together to step into our purposes. There was a divine reason for it, for sure. But my heart was starving for love and for a deeper connection. Jeff was very on purpose, very like busy building his restaurants. He just got a Michelin star in his restaurant that he opened wow. when we were six months into our relationship. And he just got voted number, the restaurant got voted number nine in Canada. Like they're doing so well. He has like four restaurants now and he's just so on purpose. I'm really proud of him and I've built my business and we supported each other so much in that. So there's there's purpose to every relationship. Like we live in this fantasy that every relationship is supposed to be the one. It's supposed to be this big thing that lasts forever. And that's actually not true. Every relationship serves a different purpose. Even the ones we're in right now, five years from now, our conversation might be different. But what I know for the relationship I'm experiencing right now is I am experiencing deeper corners of my own heart with this man. He is, he's Latin. He's from Argentina, Latin Italian. He just got his Italian passport. He lives in Greece also. And he wasn't, his heart wasn't fully open when we first started dating. We dated for three months a year ago, and then we took a few months off. And then the second time around, we, his heart is so open to me. And I feel like I'm touching corners of his heart that he have never been opened before. And same with me. And I'm a relationship coach. And it's like, I'm getting to experience a deeper level of love with this man, but it's not because of him. He came at the perfect time where I actually could receive this because of where I'm at in my relationship with myself and with my body and with my heart and with my life. So I just, it, it, that's what happens. Like we just get to experience whatever medicine our soul is ready for in that moment. Like some women experience toxic relationship. That's really hard because they're being called into their queen to stand for themselves and say no more and to, you know, build resources and build that internal self-awareness. So they and support system around them. So they, they can stand in their queen and walk away. Right. And like every relationship serves a purpose on our path of evolution when we're willing to see it that way. And so that like that to me is the greatest gift of this 
different experience of not being in the future. It's like, maybe we will, you know, every once in a while, little future comments come up and it's sweet and beautiful. He, he's like, you're coming to a wedding with me, my best friend's wedding in, in December, 2024. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And, and also simultaneously, I'm, I'm not like, oh, that's not going to happen, but I'm just in that neutrality of sweet. Yeah. If we're still together, absolutely. And we make jokes of like having a baby one day. And I'm like, yeah, if we're, if we're still together, we get to that place, but it, it's not, we're not in the future. Like it, occasionally it'll pop up in a moment, but for the most part, we're in the moment when we're together. We are not on our phones. We don't watch TV. We don't watch shows. We're literally just in connection and love being in connection and both live very independent lives. He's on purpose. We both have full lives apart. And then we have this sweet, beautiful connection together. So it's definitely nothing I've experienced before, but I'm not in a fantasy about that. Like so many people, so many women would feel how I'm feeling right now and be like, oh my God, this must mean something special. He's the one he's, I'm going to be with this person forever. And the reality is we don't need to know what the future is. That's fear, right? Fear wants to paint the whole story of where this relationship is headed, which robs us from fully experiencing it. Mm, Yes. So good. I love your Yeah, what you're getting to experience in deeper connection with presence and just like really what I love that you shared is like where you're at and the work that you've done inside of you is allowing both your partner to have more like to open his heart to you, but you're able to receive the love that he's able to give to you. And I think as women, one of the things that I think is so empowering is to look at, okay, if I'm attracting relationships that, you know, for me, it was attracting emotionally unavailable men. And I would like have this whole fantasy. I would meet this person. They were super attractive. They would talk the talk. They were spiritual, all this stuff. And then like, I would always feel disappointed because they weren't actually available. They weren't actually ready for deep, intimate connection. And a lot of the time I would just feel like really bummed out and really upset about it. And then I was like, Oh, this is a pattern that keeps happening to me. Like I get to do the work to take a look at, like, why is this happening? And what am I doing that both continues to attract this person, but also let this type, this archetype come into my life and keep engaging with it. And I think one of the biggest things with my current partnership that was different was that, you know, we really took things slow. And Mm. I think that's one of the biggest shifts with fantasy love versus like authentic being really present with what is fantasy love goes really quickly. And you're like, Oh my God, he's the one. And like, we're, you know, he's so amazing. And you make up this whole story. Well, you don't actually know that person. Like it takes time to get to know someone. Right. And so really slowing things down and being on a date and being like, huh, do I want to see this person again? Does this feel true in my body? Like, how do I feel in my body when I'm with this person? And with my partner, it was like, oh, I feel really safe. I feel really relaxed. Like the amount of eye contact that we had on our first date was like insane, you know, and like the presence that we had and, and we just like kept exploring, huh, how does this connection feel? And to be honest, at the beginning, I was like, 
oh, I don't know if I can like see myself with this person because he wasn't, I was breaking out of a lot of the fantasy of who I thought my partner should be. And this is where I was literally listening to your podcast. I remember where I was walking and I was like, I know that there's still deeper layers of me to unravel this fantasy piece because I've been working on it for a long time. But here's a real life example of a man who shows up, who's embodied in his masculine, who's in his purpose, who's super present, who's like showing up so fully. And I'm questioning like the men who are actually showing up. I'm like, no, I'm not sure about you. But the men who are like not available, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so like, I would tell all my friends about them right away. Right. It's okay to be excited about someone that you meet. That's fine. And what I realize is like my nervous system wasn't in that like overly excited place with my current partner when I met him, but it was like this, this grounded and this, this present connection that we were experiencing. I want to speak to two things you're saying. This is so great because first off the think about every freaking movie every love story, it's all like fast and furious. And you know, when you know, or you hate them and love them, it's like, it's all toxic. All of it. All of the models we've been demoed in movies and shows are mostly trauma bonds. They're mostly wound mate relationships. And so that like over excitement, like the high, like what goes up must come down. That's why the regulated nervous system is so important because when you're regulated, it actually doesn't feel good to go up. Expansion feels good, right? Being fully in your body and turned on and alive and feeling your heart open and all of that feels amazing, but it's not a high, there's no disassociation. So that is huge. And um, as you were describing those men, I was thinking about, we recently did an episode about the truth. It was called the truth about the, what was it? The truth about a conscious man or the truth about the conscious relation, conscious man, I think it was because it's the new fairy tale. It's become the new fairy tale, right? The old one was Prince Charming and he's going to be really rich and he's going to sweep you off your feet and he's going to rescue you from your tower. And the new one is the conscious man. And in my experience, I like most of the men that I've dated have been like the, or most of the men that I have interacted with in those kinds of communities are avoidant. Not all of them, of course, but like most of them are they're seeking or they're, they're not grounded. They're not present. They're not, it's uh, so, and it, and it's just a new fantasy. It's trying to control. So if your focus is on the man you want to attract, there's a disassociation versus how do I want to feel? How do I want to be met? You know, you're on purpose. So of course it makes sense for you to be with a man who's on purpose. You're, present. So of course it makes sense for you to be with a man who's present. That's you being energetically met. I mm-hmm. yeah. love and and I would say like in this in this partnership the way that I feel met like in other relationships I was like met in certain areas but not in others and that's ultimately why I didn't stay because I'm so committed to having a really deep fulfilling love. Like that's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for, you know? And like, so maybe there were certain aspects that were a match, but I'm like, I know deep down that it's possible, like not fantasy. Like it's not about, I can be in the perfect relationship, but like these ways that I really desire to be deeply met. Like I know because I meet myself in those ways and I've, and And it's like, I want to be met emotionally. I want to be met physically. I want to be met spiritually. I want to be met intellectually. I want to be met with someone who inspires me, like who's doing good work in the world. Like that's what I want. And anytime that I'm in a exploration with a romantic partner who 
isn't meeting themselves in that way or who isn't living that way in their life, like, of course, I'm going to be like, oh, there's something missing here. Like this doesn't feel like the, the, the depth and the, there's a limitation to how deep we can go and how much I can feel met. Yeah. And that what even just this word met, like feeling that instead of saying like, oh, I need someone to meet my needs. Okay. Now you're needy. You need like, that's like coming from codependency versus like feeling met. you met yourself first. You met all of these parts of yourself and you have such a high standard for how you live your life and how you treat yourself and who you surround yourself with and where you live. So you are on an energetic level. You are going to be an energetic match. Doesn't mean the old ones aren't going to still come in because of course you still have, you know, those fragmented parts of your younger self and you still have your saboteur ego. Um, So those parts can still be there or will still be there, but ultimately there's this expanded woman, multi-dimensional woman that you are. And so you're going to be of energetic match to that level of man. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really the, the work that you and I do is helping women to deconstruct, you yeah. know, and to heal the, the, the childhood wounds that have yeah. us reach out for safety and security outside of ourselves. Right. Yes. Like we're both in that work of doing that deeper healing and then cultivating that safety and security within yourself so that when you are choosing a partner, it's not coming from that. I need someone to fulfill me. I need someone to make me happy. I need someone to make me feel whole and complete. Like this, the saying, it's like my other half. It's like, no, we're both whole, right? Yes, <laughs> like yes, we're both yes. whole. And when when you yes. have that wholeness within yourself, and I'll be honest, like being on a in like the dating space, especially when you have such a like for me as an embodied woman, and I've done so much work on myself, like it does limit the amount of men who are a match. Like it does. It's like a a top, I don't know, 1%, I would say. And that's where I really believe like where the faith and trust comes in, right? Where you could be like, oh, well, there's only a, like, there's not that many men who, who can really meet me. It's like, yeah, but they are out there. And as you keep living in your truth, like if you hadn't moved to Greece, maybe you wouldn't have met Patricio, right? I definitely I wouldn't move to Asheville. <laughs> I probably wouldn't met, wouldn't have met my partner, you know? And it's like, yes. it it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're just like, when you're living in your truth, you yes. become a match for truth, for, yes. for authentic, for authentic connection. Yeah. And circling back to the beginning of where we started, like we both kept listening to that. Like we talked about, it's a dance between trusting where life is leading you and following that internal guidance instead of the fear based thoughts. Like if your choices are rooted in fear, if it's like, oh, I should do this thing, or it's about what other people think of you or how you'll be perceived. That's your saboteur. Like that's not your truth. So when you learn to follow your truth and to trust and to let life lead you where you're meant to be, you end up at the right place at the right time like that. And it's still like, there's such a surrendered trust. When Patricio and I broke up the first time, we we, we split because he, I, I was actually thinking earlier when you were talking that our, our guys are like in the same, similar industry because he's a training coach, fitness, endurance, uh, conditioning coach for football, for soccer team, football in mm-hmm. Greece called but for a soccer team in Greece in the Super League like he's he's definitely on purpose it's it's really really cool he's very passionate about what he does but he's a trainer and your mm-hmm. your guys also <laughs> you can talk about that after but 
Um, when we were dating for three months, he was on his time off. It was this time last year. And so he was relaxed and really able to be open. And we were, we are just really compatible. Like we spent our first date was eight hours of just talking. We just have this amazing compatibility and it's really easy to be together. And we laugh a lot and just have the most meaningful conversations. And then as it got closer to the preseason starting, he felt pressure, his job, he was feeling like he just used to get really stressed out about his job because he was new to Greece and he, he at the time didn't have his Italian passport yet. So he was nervous about he didn't have his Greek visa yet. So he was in this like vulnerable position with his, his career and it means a lot to him. So he just started like slowly closing his heart. And then we had one little fight and he closed his heart and he any we but we stayed in loving connection for three months like we supported each other We're both not from Greece we both live here um neither of us with the intention of getting back together he I did not I was like oh well his heart's closed now I'm sad this is over because I was having fun but someone whose heart's closed is not compatible with me so it was just clear that it was over and I was in connection with him still just as a friend, I didn't have any intention of getting back together, nor did I think he had the capacity for it. And uh, and then when we circled back and came back together, it was in December. It was like, again, same thing, like, okay, let's see how this goes. And so his heart was so open. And now I can look back in retrospect, the three months we weren't together, we're a part of our relationship. We've basically been together for a year because those three months we were broken up, we were building trust because neither of us were trying to get anything from each other, but we stayed super loving and supportive. I went through a couple of hard things during that time, reached out to him. He was so supportive. I was so appreciative. We were so kind and loving with each other, but not to get something, not to manipulate and be like, Ooh, you should choose me again, but because we just care about each other. And so I'm sharing this story because it never looks how we think it's going to look. And your saboteur, your fantasy part of your brain, this is this episode's about fantasy love, will paint so many stories about what it's supposed to look like. And you have no idea how it's supposed to look. And when we try and control how it looks, we miss the magic. We miss the beauty. We miss what we're actually here to experience. And there's so much that's available and there's so much we're here to experience, but most people miss it because they're so busy trying to control what their life's supposed to look like based on someone else's idea of what life is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll say like that, that pattern of, you know, future tripping, which is something I think I learned that in one of Gabrielle Bernstein's books where she called it future tripping, which I think is, she's like, I think in one of her books, she talks about how like okay, so you meet this person and then within like, you know, a few minutes, you're like thinking about what, what, what it would be like to have their last name and what it'd be like to walk down the aisle with them. You're like, you literally just met this person. Right. So yeah. future tripping is a thing. And it, it is such, such a, you know, fantasy pattern, fantasy addict pattern. But what I would say is like, even when those thoughts come up for me now, when I'm like, oh, what is, what is the future going to look like? And is this like my life partner? And is this long-term? It's like every time that that comes up, I bring myself back to the present moment. I'm like, yes. how does it feel right now? Like right now we don't live together right now. We live in separate places. We have very independent lives when we're together, we feel so present and, and so, you know, so deeply intimate and connected and like, 
I love how he shows up. I love how I show up. And it's like, right now, this is amazing. And so if I can focus on what's happening right now, instead of being like, oh, what is this going to be in six months from now? What is this going to be in a year from now? Like that deep presence, which doesn't mean not being committed. I really want to, yes, like I, that's something that, that we talk about a lot in my partnership is like this, this piece of like, you can still be deeply devoted and hold the vision that like this love is going to, you know, is going to be long-term and this love is going to be, is really beautiful, but it's like, it's not from that place of like, I'm not committed to this. I just want to emphasize that. Like there is a non-attachment of like, I know I'm going to be okay if this doesn't work out. I know that there's another partner out there. That's a great fit for me in the next chapter of my love journey. If this, if this ends at some point. Yeah. And that this, like that, this experience you're having right now matters and, and that it's, that it, that it's still meaningful, even if it were to end in a month that your time with him was, is meaningful. And that how many of your, like, I, I would love to hear what, what aspects of yourself are you getting to explore with this man that you haven't before because of being with these avoidant men? Like what's different because this matters too. Like, even if it doesn't become, it's, I can even feel when you're talking about those thoughts that they're fearful. Cause it's like, but what, it, what's happening in six months? What, it doesn't mean the future is not going to happen. Often women think like, oh, well, what if I don't ever get to experience love? What if it doesn't like, what if I'm wasting my time? Like, well, that perspective is so limited because that means you're, you're more attached to what it should look like, which is conditioning. That's why my whole brand is called the unscripted woman because unscripting yourself from who we've been taught to be like, I, all the women that are like, I just want to get married. I just want to have kids and I want to have a home and I want to live in the suburbs or whatever. It's like, why are you making that choice before you've even met someone you can see that with? That's scary. And that's how I work with mostly divorced women who went down that road, checked the boxes perfectly, married someone, but weren't really paying attention to how they felt in the moment, in the experience. They were too busy planning the future. And then they end up married to a narcissist is actually the most common thing. Married to someone who's like a teenage boy and they, not literally, but behaves like one. And, and they end up bitter and resentful and empty and feeling alone and unsupported and all those things because the attachment to what it should look like was the uh, press it, it 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 was it outweighed the ability to be with the experience and embodiment like knowing how to be in your body is a huge part of this like if you ha- can't be present in the moment and receive and experience pleasure and connection and intimacy, then definitely it's time to do some deeper work with someone like Amy or me, um, Mm -hmm. or Catherine, my podcast partner, there is like, this is time to come home to yourself because when you are home, you actually get to experience what's here right now. And there's the part of you that trusts if it doesn't work out, that's okay. And this experience you were really meant to have, or Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be having it. Yeah. I actually think that you know, what it's opening up for me is I feel like I'm experiencing definitely like the, the deepest love that I've experienced ever. And like, my heart is so open and it's because I'm in my body. It's, it's because I'm not 
putting pressure on my partner to be a certain way, or I'm not in my head judging because when you have like this idea of what it's supposed to look like and who your partner is supposed to be. And like, you're so caught up in the fantasy and these are like really sneaky patterns. Like I have a lot of self-awareness and I've worked on it over the years with different partners, but these were patterns that were really stopping me from being able to be present and to open my heart more. It was like creating more separation in my relationship. And so now I'm like, oh, because I'm not in my head all the time and because I'm not trying to like control both like where this is going and who my partner is being, it's like, oh, I actually get to give and receive more love. My heart gets to open more. I get to feel more pleasure because I'm not in my head all the time. And it it creates just so much more depth of connection that I'm able to open my heart more because I'm not in that like fear-based mindset. Yes, Mm -hmm. how beautiful. I'm so happy for you. Mm, so thank you. I'm like, this is the vision that I had. Like yes. when I went through my divorce, when I was 27 years old, I was like, there's more, like, I'm yes. not meant for this, you know, fantasy cookie cutter life. Like that's not what I'm here for. And it was, you know, to get here, let's just say it's been, been a ride. And I know you too, you know, like this does take a lot of deep committed work and it takes a lot of courage to say no to the things that are, are not in alignment with your truth and to trust yourself to do that. And so that's why I just love the work that you do in the world. And I love the work that I do in the world because I want every woman to feel sovereign. I want her to feel empowered. I want her to live in her truth. I want her to be able to experience like not just this depth of love and romantic partnership, but also in friendship, like the level of love that I can be in with my girlfriends because we're living in truth is so different. So the intimacy is so much deeper. And actually I love that you just said that because I was going to speak to that. I just recorded a two-part episode on the new truth, a solo episode about exactly this. The number one key to transfer to a thriving relationship is sacred sisterhood. Because I was just thinking of what you said earlier about how we can't really can't control the timing of when it comes. All you can do is become the embodiment of what you desire and become more and more connected to yourself and your own body and your own heart and your own life. And when you can build a life with aligned supportive sisterhood and experience intimacy and love in that, in, in, in female relationships, which a lot of women have saboteur based relationships. They're like, relating with their friends, trying to please them, trying to be approved of them, trying to control them, trying to pretend everything's, they've got everything together and not being honest with what's really going on or gossiping or complaining. Like they have these surface level, um, old paradigm friendships, just like women have old paradigm relationships where they're disconnected from self. So we've said this many times today, but like the, the number one thing is embodiment within yourself and your own heart. And then when you are embodied, you attract, you will naturally, I mean, you and I met, we didn't even meet. We were at a workshop. (laughs) We were at a workshop all weekend. And I saw you the last day and I was just staring at you and mesmerized by you. And then I complimented you at the end. (laughs) And, uh, and then we became friends and like, we, I mean, we've only been in person together twice. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's yep. so weird. Yeah. Wow. That's so wild. But we're so we we have a very deep friendship and and sisterhood and and this is it's so important because then you're not like 
how many women show up on dates and they're not really feeling met anywhere in their life. And then they're going on this date fucking empty and like, Hey, are you the one? Please fill my, (laughs) please fill my cup. Mm -hmm. Please fill it. Please fill it. But if you have this life that satiates you and sisterhood that satiates you, and you live in a place that satiates you, then when you go on the dates, you're full. And then you get to actually feel if it's aligned or not. And you'll attract Mm -hmm. a completely different caliber of human humans when you're in this place. That's Mm -hmm. possible. I love that you just shared that because I was, I was literally right before I went to sleep, I had this like creative thing come through and I was like writing this post and it's like anyone that tells you that you can like manifest the one, like there's no such thing as manifesting the one. It's actually about being your fully embodied self and becoming a match for that person. And yeah, I just want to kind of end on that is like, we have so much more control over that. We don't have control about what is going to happen and who's going to come into our lives when, but if we focus on who we're being, how we're loving ourselves, how we're showing up in our friendships, like if we're living in our truth, it's inevitable that we're going to be matched with incredible relationships and incredible opportunities. Like there's, there is no other way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It gets better. And again, it doesn't mean you don't have challenging things happen, but you have the capacity and the support system around you to help you navigate challenges and also all the tools and the self-awareness to be able to nurture and tend to yourself through whatever you're going through and get the support you need. So it's not a fantasy. What we're talking about is real. It's possible. And it takes fierce commitment to yourself or devotion to you instead of devoting your life to finding the one become the one like you are it. So Mm -hmm. that's like, come home. That's it. Yeah. Love it. I love this conversation. I'm so so happy for you and just like, yeah, so fun. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be, to be walking alongside you and yeah, for anyone in my community who is not familiar with Kate's work, make sure to go check out the New Truth podcast. Her co-host Catherine is also a dear friend of mine and is a fantastic relationship coach as well. You ladies are making some really big, yeah, just such a big impact over there on the podcast and then also the unscripted woman on Instagram. So we'll drop that in the show notes and Yeah. As you said, you have some amazing retreats that you offer coaching that you offer. So yeah, I highly recommend to get into Kate's world. And if you're in Kate's world, anything you want to say, Kate? (laughs) Well, I was going to say that, uh, for the, cause we're also going to play this on the new truth. So for those of you who are on the new truth, we've had you on the podcast twice before. Is this your third time? I'm not sure. At least once we've had Amy on at least once. And I think it was like, it was a couple of years ago though. It's been a long time. And, um, but if you don't follow Amy, are you Amy Natalie on your Instagram or is it still? Yeah. It's Amy Natalie co. Yeah. Amy Natalie co check out Amy on there. And what's your website? We'll link it all below, but just say it. Yeah. Amy Natalie co.com. And I also have a free embodiment class that if you'd like to try that, you can just reach out to me on Instagram and let me know you want to try the embodiment class. I would love to share that with you because that's yeah. Even just one class really like the, the transformation that women experience through this work is so phenomenal. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to have access to this. So come on over, send me a message, ask for the class. I would love to share it with you. 
Yes, Amy's the embodiment queen. And <laughs> you have many things, programs, retreats, books, the whole gamut in your amazing podcast, Feminine Frequency. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Frequency. It's still, <laughs> still the okay. same. Still the same. Still the same. Amazing. So fun having this conversation. I love you so much. And I love you. And thank you everyone for listening. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.